0: Looking for new threads? Well, we've got you covered at the Music Is Live podcast official merch store over at tpublic.com. Whether it's t-shirts, baseball tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, or onesies for your infant rockers and metalheads, you can find everything you're looking for over at the Music Is Live podcast merch store at tpublic. Go to my link tree at EE forward slash Music Is Live podcast and get your merch today. Buy my stuff and thanks for your support. Terranut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Go to their website, www.terranut.com. You can order from them directly and they will ship it to you. Use my coupon code LUMAVS and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. Terranut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code LUMAVS at checkout. Fuel your life. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network.
1: Bring the fucking truth! Bring the fucking truth! Bring the fucking truth! Yeah. Too much contradiction Smash the fucking scars Beat the corporate system I'm taking all no controls. This is mafia This is NYC This is LA love And you can't fuck with me I've got To stress on you In my head It's I'm not Truth. Bring the fucking truth i pay my fucking dues And every fucking street. It's time to play the throne i can king of all you see I've seen so many cows Right before my eyes Hell is home to me Blood filled demon skies Riding for your life, you ain't destined to pull it. Fuck around now, low key, I'm a bullet. Riding for your life, you ain't destined to pull bullet Fuck around now, low key, I'm a bullet. I'm my I'm not I will be silent. silent. Bring the fucking truth Bring the fucking truth
0: podcast this is your host Lou Mavs check out everything you need to about the show on www.musicislifepodcast.com today music is life podcast is being vaded by mob music collective what is mob music collective we're about to find out but if it's any indication of the track that you just heard the world better be ready. Today, I'm really happy to say that we have Tony Santana, the brains, the hearts, the words and the music behind Mob music collective. And we're here to talk to him today about his journey as a musician from here to now, what he's doing now, what he wants to do now. He has toured everywhere from New York to LA, to Miami, to the Caribbean, to New Orleans and Las Vegas. This is somebody that is no fluke. He's the real deal. Tony. Welcome aboard. How you doing?
2: Thanks, Lou. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Feels good to be here. How's it going?
0: Everything's going all right. Another Sunday here, and this is going to be one of the few occasions where I'm doing a podcast day of, and we'll have it uploaded on YouTube and audio streaming platforms for everybody to listen to. So this is a big deal for me. I'm very excited, and uh, I'm happy that you're the person that I'm doing this with.
2: Thanks for the warm welcome, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the kind words.
0: Here you are today, Tony Santana. I wanna know a little bit about your backstory. So tell me, what was it that turned you on to music in your life? And what made you say that you wanted to be a musician?
2: I literally, from the moment I was born, started making sounds, uh, banging pots and pans and pillows, strumming, you know, a video at two years old without even knowing what a guitar was um so that was kind of where I was coming from I was always very electric and and coming from you know an impulsive uh you know rhythmic ancient ninja warrior blood that forced me into this galaxy of creative you know exciting I like know. that
0: explanation so it's almost like it was ingrained in you from day one
2: Well, yeah, because if you think about it, like the world's been around for 5 billion years. I could be wrong. Um, And um, (laughs) how many people it took to make, how many people it took to make me, I wonder how many souls wore my, you know, um, skin before, you know, in ancient lands. So I feel blessed that I was given all this um, natural uh, gift, so to speak. Um, I'm very uh, humbled with it and fortunate, and I feel like um, I can really help people collaborate uh, in all styles and genres, and that's pretty much getting to what music over business is about, um, which was an idea I had probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, I wanted to turn a negative into a positive, and I just wasn't seeing um, people getting a chance to put the art out the way they wanted to there was so much politics with labels and publishers and managers and agents and artwork and details and metadata and administrative work that gets screwed up along the way and 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 you know songs you know get recorded now where most of the band members aren't even on it it's pretty much me playing there's just so much going on in the politics behind music and that's kind of where this all started was i kind of felt on some superhero level that i had to either make a move for all of us or um you know we wouldn't have anything left after this pandemic and at this point i I'm, i would hope and love to connect with other labels and other like-minded uh companies and people who are on the same wave of just really just about making music you know and really not about the bullshit. and when i say that i fucking mean it And everyone who knows me knows that, and it's just a pleasure to get to work with so many talented people and I'm constantly running into excellent talent. And I feel like I could work with anything. So it's a matter of people believing in themselves and showing up, uh, respecting each other and, uh, really just giving it their all. And that's pretty much what mom's about.
0: That's really important that you mentioned that because Problem is, there's such a barrier to entry in the music industry in itself. I can say this from experience because I remember going to Nashville about eleven years ago, and that's a town of thirty thousand songwriters, and that's a place where someone like a Taylor Swift gets recognized. But how many Taylor Swifts can you drag out of one town of thirty thousand songwriters? You know, it makes it impossible for people who want to do this full time and. I always say, you know, talent, timing, all that stuff is everything, but people need to put in the work. People need to put in the time to own their craft. And and I, I always tell people from the get-go, put, your, put, your, put everything out there for the people to hear, and hopefully it strikes a chord. And I think what you're doing is not only noble, but I think it's valid in today's music because... I have to be honest with you. I'm sick and tired of the same stuff on top 40 radio on every format, whether it's pop, hip hop, or even classic rock, you know, rock in general. I mean, it's
2: interesting because once the pandemic hit, that's when everyone got fired. And that's when the bullshit stopped. You can't go out and spend a fucking budget on the road anymore on a rap for buy someone drinks when that money should be going to a band or an artist. And then the whole thing is messed up. The people running it aren't even the ones who know how to actually write songs and make music. I've learned from some of the best in the business. I grew up in houses with, uh, with I grew up in incredible houses with mentors that that you know I'll mention one day. But it's just been I I come from a different respect level of it. And um this is this isn't a project to me. This isn't a this isn't a creative team of of bullshit. This is really me finding people who can't afford to make high quality fucking records, you know? And I just, I agree. Like the same five songs oh, every single day, 60 days out of the year, back to back, uh, it's it's disgusting. There's 400,000 songs that get released weekly on uh, Spotify. Again, my numbers could be way off, but you get what I'm saying here. I'm exaggerating because the whole fucking system is exaggerated. People are so talented, but they don't have the muscle to uh, steamroll past the executives, but I do. So that's what I did and I started a label and I work with over 40 artists at this point. I have over 20 co-producers and I have the best, I I tolerate zero fucking bullshit. You fuck up, I will pull up to your fucking house myself. That's how this works. And I have, you know, I'm taking my personal finances right now and I'm funding this fucking thing by myself. I'm making the music, I'm pulling the talent in, I'm putting everyone together, I'm getting the artwork done with my amazing, amazing partner K-May and it's just, it's its a whole thing where people need to open up and not be so aggressively protective over their art and it took me a while because when I was Jay Randy, I was wearing my fucking top hat and playing the guitar and doing all the bullshit and trying to be a hot shot and then Bruno Mars came out and smacked me off the fucking map. And I was like, okay, that guy does that. You know what I mean? And I was like, who am I really? What do I do? Okay. I grew up fucking with Pantera, Slayer, Metallica, and Anthrax. That is it. You mix that with fucking Biggie, and that's what I grew up on. And then I had the locks. And then I had the, you know, I loved Tupac. I loved Dre. I loved the whole West Coast thing, but I was more into fucking Daz and Corrupt. You know what I mean? I was on the backside page of what was going on in the streets. And then I eventually made it out to Anglewood and all these other spots and worked with people, you know, like day one and, and, and all my partners that are on the mob that are, that are just legends who've worked with Snoop and Ice Cube. Me, You know, like this whole squad is so talented and it just keeps growing. And I'm single-handedly checking each person that comes in, like, and vetting them you know, and if you fuck around, like I said, you get fucking wiped off the map and good luck trying to fuck around with something else. Cause right now I, I feel like I'm the only person out here and I don't even want to be that guy. You know what I mean? But it's like, no one's coming together and helping. And I'm certainly not a Shug Knight and I'm not trying to be the king or anything like that. I just, I, it's working. We're putting music out. Tons of people are collaborating and you know, the music's finally getting released. So much music sits on hard drives and never gets done. People meet up and make music all fucking day. They hype it up, they post things on social media. They're like, oh, look at this, it's fucking this and that, it's coming. And then all of a sudden, like, you never hear anything. You look at the record or how many songs they drop, two songs, you know, like in eight months, because they're so nervous. They're nervous what the fans are going to think. They're nervous what the streams are going to be. I don't care. I'm happy to be alive. I, I like was in a terrible place three years ago, three and a half years ago personally, and I'm literally just happy to be creating and um, collaborating. That's it. You know, there's going to be haters, there's going to be lovers, and then there's going to be the in between. You know, and it's always going to be yes, no, good, bad, true, fault. That's it, just a continuum till the day I die and like I'm here for it, I'm having fun, I'm enjoying it now finally and i'm I'm really enjoying working with you know my partners. I have an incredible team, and they really support me, and they're there for me not just musically but mentally because I have dealt with a lot um to get here, so you definitely that- have. You know, So with that being said, I want to inspire people and give people hope because I was sitting in my fucking bedroom in playing New Long Island as a kid, playing fucking dime riffs, pretending it was a stadium, doing the whole thing. And I think that that is missing from culture. And I love what you always say about physical media is still a fucking thing. And I agree with you because... When I used to fucking go, I, the old story of going to a record store on your bike and getting a, a CD or vinyl, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's just having that. I remember when I w- I couldn't think in class because the fucking album was dropping at fucking like Sam Goody at like five. You know what I mean? Like.
0: Or- oh, you don't have to tell me that twice. I remember yeah. when Far Beyond Driven dropped in 1994 and the local record store by me had it the Saturday before it's Tuesday's release drop. And I just remember going to the record store that Saturday, I felt like it was the biggest thing in the world because I was the first person to get a copy in my neighborhood and yeah. to have it in my hands. And that today is still my favorite fucking Pantera album. I look at that
2: shit and I, I, I forget about time. I forget about breathing and I, and I get lost in like some magic because it's true, it's real, it's powerful, and it's like excellent, you know? Absolutely. it was just, I remember when Slayer and Pantera came through fucking Coliseum, do you remember that tour?
0: That was 2001, that was the last Pantera tour ever before they broke up. You know,
2: and I remember uh, Metallica and Corrosion and Conformity at, at the Coliseum, were you at that one?
0: I was not, that was 96, I didn't go to my first concert until February 1999,
2: we and that were was off the fucking ice and sliding. <laughs> <laughs> the Islanders were playing the next day. My oh my god! Bleachers, it was crazy.
0: My first concert, and I, I mentioned this on past podcast episodes, was the original Reunited Black Sabbath with Ozzy on vocals. Oh god. Open opening act was the Deftones. Support act was Pantera.
2: Oh my! So god. I
0: did get to see Pantera open up for my favorite band of all time, and. I just remember. Wait, Sabbath is your favorite band. Sabbath is my favorite band of all Sabbath time. Sabbath is
2: man. my favorite band of all fucking time. Fucking a. Okay, what's your okay? So he's my favorite guitar player every Tony
0: Iommi. Nice.
2: But I mean, who's who fucking saws their fingers off, the places them, then invents an entire genre?
0: Oh my god, it's funny you mentioned that. I I in the previous episode, I was talking with uh, my friend James, and we were talking about how Django Reinhardt himself, the gypsy yeah. jazz guitar player, influenced metal. Because Iomi cut off his fingers and he felt like he can never play again, and then he discovered Django Reinhardt saw what he just did with three fingers, yep. and I and that alone influenced Tony Iomi to say, you know what, I'm gonna make some leather tips out of some bottle caps and I'm gonna get on the horse and get on again, inventing the whole fucking genre. I mean,
2: the album was recorded inside of 11 hours. On yeah. the
0: top
2: of maybe maybe some overdubs, I think, for afterwards, right? And then very few, very few overdubs, and um like uh, the thing about that band is it's all about f- it's all about all of them like the whole thing is crazy you got the bass player writing the lyrics you got fucking th- t- i was watching something recently where ozzy was sorry i get so excited i was watching something recently where ozzy was like we were just singing to tony's guitar and that's what metal is metal is the riff and That's, that's iron man yeah met- the riff is why i'm doing well in music cuz i play drums bass keys guitars and synths and all that bullshit but I'm bringing back riffs into popular music, but heavy riffs and mixing it with rap and all kinds of pop flavor. It's essentially pop music, even though it's a heavy, hard
0: music. You so. know what? I don't—I I have a whole list of questions I was about to ask you and you're answering them before I asked them. It's nice to know that we're on the same level. In fact, let me just jump to that question then. I heard the track Abomination. It oh, just yeah. crept up in my Instagram feed. Hmm. I grew up in New York City. I was a Bridge and Tunnel kid. So I would go to shows at CBGB's, I would go to shows at Irving Plaza, you know, I would would do all that. Uh I'm as influenced by metal as I am by hardcore, old school hip hop, (laughs) and even pop music, especially from the 80s, because that stuff was everywhere, especially having grown up in Queens. What I love about this track was that it bridges the gap between all those four styles. So I loved it from first listen. How important was it for you to have a track like Abomination as your calling card? And is this sort of like the template of where you're going From here on out, or do you hope to expand more from that?
2: Yeah, man, I'm looking to pick a fight. Like, I want to fuck the world up. (laughs) up, I I don't give a fuck. I work my fucking balls off. And and, excuse my language, but like, I'm down to fucking throw against anybody. Like, And I'm also down to create with that person as well. This is like tough love. And I I, I wanted to make a statement, um, not only where we're at as a society, but where I'm at as a human being you know this is like the craziest shit uh, you know i'm living in hollywood like i got people screaming outside of my window at night throwing bottles breaking glasses shooting guns fucking hitting cars with baseball bats windows people on drugs having sex on the side of the road no cops in sight just crazy energy and then i go down to skid row to work at the lip studio with my partner thomas and you know, the homeless situation over there and everything that I've got to see and suffering and you know, I'm I'm walking around handing out dollars from my pocket as I'm on my way to go make music. It's just, why do I have to be the person that has to help everyone? And I feel like I'm doing that. This morning, I stopped a a, a woman from being attacked in a diner. Like, I, I can't like, make this shit up. You know what I mean? Like, it's getting crazy, like, out here in, in LA. and And you know, LA is such a beautiful place. It's a really creative, I love it. You know, I, I, I'm a New Yorker, but you know, I love LA too. You know, I, I grew up here as well. I came out here in 2008 to fuck with bone thugs. You know what I mean? On some crazy shit, you know? So that's how I got started in Cali and I had family here. So I was coming here before then, you know, doing shit. So I've always had the Cali bug in me really.
0: It's funny that you mentioned Bone Thugs because that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you as well. Allhiphop.com released an article on February 25th, 2008, that an unknown rock artist crashed a Bone Thugs and Harmony show at the Crash Mansion in L.A. with their acoustic guitar and played in front of a crowd of 2,000 plus fans. Crazy Bone then put that artist on their 18 date tour with Bone Thugs and Keith G. DeBum as an opening act. That artist, when asked why they did it, responded, I'd be better off performing in front of 2,500 people who didn't want to see me than the normal shows I do when no one shows up. That artist was you. Man. As a musician, I could totally relate to that because I remember playing in front of a crowd of 200 people at a venue called <laughs> The Crazy Donkey in Farmingdale. Man. And then the next week, I'm playing to the bartender and his girlfriend, oh, which man. was quite heartbreaking. Man. But decisions like this definitely prove the theory great risk, great reward. How intimidating was that? What led you to that decision?
2: I basically connected with an attorney via the internet and we became friends and he mentored me for a long time. And I work with him to this day and he is the head attorney of Mob Records. Um, His name is Brett Lewis um, and he has represented Tupac, Suge Knight, Eminem, the list goes on. Uh, death row records you name it all the bombs drop all the names right Um, and he's the only one out of all of the top dogs and I know all of them whoever really cared about me had my back flew out to New York to meet me and shook my father's hand and that to me being a New Yorker as you know being a boy from Queens and me being born in Queens we know what the fuck that is
0: oh so, yeah well your handshake is as good as your word
2: exactly so that meant a lot for me and he always advised me he never charged me for questions that i had and he always looked after me um that being said i connected with him and he invited me out to do a tv show called the lost rocker and he wanted me to pull up uh at this venue crash mansion where bone thugs is playing and we, sneak, we snuck in through the back, You know, we had guns on us and shit. And we went uh, right to the back of the side stage and Brett pulled in with me and a couple of other Gs and, we, uh, and he just turned to the sound guy and he was like, he's gonna plug it in and play. And the guy was like, all right. So they, they were like, you ready? And I was like, I gotta tune my guitar. So I go back behind the stage to tune the guitar. And uh, I can't tune it because the the beat's so big, the guitar is going out of the tune. So I'm like, fuck, whatever. So I'm putting my ear to it, getting it as best in tune. Long story short, I go on stage, I plug in, half the crowd's already ready to kill me. The show was really about to exploit me to kind of, you know, they throw the rotten tomatoes at the guy, right?
0: And this is I like the Muppet show, yep. Yeah.
2: And this is kind of around the time John Mayer's like killing it with, you know, all the college stuff uh music you know and then um you know so I go on stage and I start playing the song I get halfway through the song and I saw one of the most amazing things happen half the crowd starts chanting um I thought they were chanting um a homosexual slur at me um but by the way we're not
0: going to repeat the slur and we don't condone that shit people are people remember that
2: exactly that's why I'm not mentioning it and Fuck those haters, period. So I fucking start playing, half the crowd starts going, they're saying Bone Thugs, I thought they were saying something else. So the other half of the crowd, um, it starts clapping in excitement, they're liking it. Then they start fighting each other over it. This is all inside of two minutes and 30 seconds. I'm playing my song, the lights start to come on a little bit and Bone Thugs, The the whole place is going fucking crazy. Bone Thug starts walking out on the side of the stage to see what's happening, and I'll never forget it. And I look back and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like there's there they are. Like these are like my heroes, you know. And I'm like,
0: "Oh hell yeah, man! Crossroads is the shit.
2: Fucking amazing." And I was like, and I was just like, "Okay." I was like, "I finished," and I was like, "I was like, thank you so much to everybody who who loves music and um, you know, get uh, you know, give." Thanks for giving me a chance to, to play my song, and excuse, excuse my language. I was like, I was like, and to all you haters out there, I was like, you can suck my motherfucking dick. <laughs> 30, people
1: just fucking.
2: Oh, I didn't make it more than two steps off the stage. Ended up in the sky in the VIP section. At the time, I was drinking. I don't drink anymore. It's been over three years.
0: Congratulations. And,
2: thank you, and um, I uh. I just ended up in this section with a bunch of ballers and they were like let's put this kid in the studio and then I ended up at 4th Street in Santa Monica and fucking from there I was just picking up sessions and 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 then I started really working with Peter Raspler and you know and then I met Tim Pagnata around the time he was doing neon trees and all the sugar coke guys cuz the Rasplers managed uh 311 Sugar Coke and Jay Randy my former uh name you know for a long time and uh when, we, when I wasn't successful as J. Randy, um, you know, I kind of hit a wall and I had to go back home. And that's when I started Brand. And I really enjoyed making that album. And then I came back out here. And that's when I uh, produced a song for 311. And then I did a song for Fever 333. And that's when shit started turning up because DMC was on that. And he's the hardest MC of all time.
0: Oh geez, I met him out of all places uh, on restaurant row in the city on my 36th birthday. And I got a photo of him with me on my Instagram. And let me just say this, we were talking, he's so knowledgeable about music and about culture and it was an honor to have fucking met him.
2: Yeah, he's a genius, he's an icon, he's a visionary and his message from then till now rings hard harder than never. And to me, he's the hardest MC of all time. That's the guy. Like, cause that was the, you know, when you think of guys like Spoonie G and all these cats, they weren't rapping about crack selling. They were rapping about, I I, I don't sell drugs. You know what I mean? Like that kind of putting more of a message out there. That's why I loved when Spike Lee was really making movies and there was more to see than just, you know, HBO, you know what I mean? Like
0: you have to tell me that twice. Uh,
2: no hate on HBO. I don't really know about it, but you know, all they've been showing me is weird shit my whole
0: life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having oh, well,
2: uh, Mortal Kombat up, uh, shout to that.
0: I heard that is fire right now.
2: Fire. It's fucking awesome. I love it. I loved it.
0: No, I got to check that out.
2: Love it. Love it. I'm all about that ninja shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Except Street Fighter. That movie sucked, but I digress. Who was in that Van Dam? That was Van Dam and Raul Julia and I, Raul I Julia's a gangster. I love yeah. them as Gomez in the Addams family, but that
2: <laughs> no, that movie was weird. I think they were all just doing drugs somewhere weird. <laughs>
0: hey, if it worked, it was a good movie. I liked it. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to piggyback on what you said, you want to bring back the riff. Yeah. Thank you because the power of the riff compels me, especially as a guitar player. Yeah. I miss riffs yeah. in my music in, in in my pop music. all right I don't I, I, I mean all the respect to the guys out there that are doing great programming, doing great work on synthesizers and this and that, but I need some grit in my music. I need guitars I need that stuff. So
2: it, here's what happened. The, 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 you got companies like Splice and things making packages available, you click and drag a sound and you put it down and you write a song by, that's not the way. Um, It was for a while and it did work for a while, but now it's hit a wall because it just pretty much sounds like- It's
0: processed. it's programmed.
2: nursery beats, like- Like I don't even know what that is. And um, you have to play. You have to be a player now. Uh, what I'm seeing in the studios and I work in many studios is people are playing. It's back to instruments being plugged in and, and, and putting them on records, but people are having trouble finding the genre that's going to be, you know, the, the cultural thing that everyone clings onto. And honestly, I'm not trying to have that spot, but the reason why I think it is, is because a, I am, you know, a Latin Jew. So I have that mix, right? Being rock is mainly, um, you know, Caucasian. And then most of the people on my team are black and Spanish. If you look at all my artists, from Jason to Dead Ghost to myself to, and I think that, you know, to Vintage to Paxton to all the people that I work with. Uh, And it's giving... You know these people that are from other places a chance to make big sounding rock records you know because i know how to get that sound and i think if i do that we can find more talent in in the, these hoods and get and, and light up the, the the neighborhoods you know
0: oh yeah i mean it, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that though because like you know, I always give credit to the forefathers of rock and roll. I always give credit to Little Richard. I give credit mm-hmm. to Chuck Berry. I give credit to Ray Charles, Tina Turner, who, in my opinion, is the all-time queen of rock and roll. Well, I give
2: too. You know, she was she was gangster as fuck, and she Hell said yeah. too, and Elvis fucking pilled up on all that shit. She really she was she was a big big heap too, coming out there banging. You know, I, I thought that was heavy too. That was hard rock. You put oh, yeah. her there with some fucking pantera after i don't think anybody would be like get the fuck out of here we would be like damn that's the baddest shit in the world no i
0: i love soul in my metal so i i'm not going to deny that at all and
2: groove too which is missing which is why fucking metallica won because they had the groove pantera had the groove. yes yes groove that's why they fucking kicked ass
0: i mean that that's why i love some of the bands nowadays well in the past uh 20 years such as Lamb of God and After the Burial, because they have that groove, yes. you know? And I think the groove is important. And people want to piss on the groove because they're like, you know, it's not metal enough. And I'm just like, yeah, man. Well,
2: it, I don't want math when I'm fucking listening. That's not fucking metal. I don't care. Fuck all those fucking people sitting there with the science fucking calculators. Metal's about fucking guitar riffs and fucking grooves and fucking a front man that's going to beat your fucking ass.
0: Amen to that.
2: That's it. It's a simple fucking formula. Like, you know. Yeah.
0: And for me, you know, we both mentioned Love for iomi I always give love to Hendrix as the guy that revolutionized 100%. and made the way for 100%. the stuff that came and out afterwards.
2: If you plug in, you're fucking thinking of Jimi Hendrix. You know what I mean? It's, I play a
0: strat because of Jimi Hendrix.
2: Yeah, it really is. And 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 you know, there is so there's other guys too that, that are fucking unreal that have come you know the, to me the guitar is my sword it's my gun it got me through the streets of new york and la
0: i always call it my axe because when i you know I, I think it's cool to synonymize uh guitar playing the axe with the musician being a viking you know i think it's pretty
1: I love jack black
2: because he's all about that shit
0: <laughs> can't stand him because i've been told to look like him shut the fuck up out there whoever's watching what anyways
2: don't look like jack black
0: well i've could do a good Jack Black impersonation. So, oh,
1: there you go. you I'm down. doing
0: that now. <laughs> so, in the time that you were playing out, building your repertoire, working with guys like Steve Lillywhite, who produced you too, I always say that for musicians, don't stop learning and always absorb every and any experience that comes your way. Uh, for you, with the collaborations, because that's really what you're all about. To me, it seems like your takeaway from all this is collaboration is good almost more collaboration is better i mean would you say that that's when you take away from this whole experience
2: well here's the thing collaboration is difficult and especially in heavy music it's violent it's Um, definitely a challenge it's a challenge you have to be a badass motherfucker i'm on the phone all day putting people in fucking check because you know why people are disrespectful because there's the artist and then there's the producer and both of them don't know how to treat each other and that's a fucking fact since the beginning of time and I'm both. So I get it. So, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's so much to the story here, you know, um, again, mentoring is is like the most important thing, things like this, opening up the conversations, giving people a vision. When we grew up, we had headbangers ball. We had guys like Ricky Rackman, all these fucking guys, my homie, Matt Pinfield, who I saw throw a like up on your, uh, uh,
0: Yeah, shout out to Matt Pinfield, man. Thank you so much.
2: I I tagged him on there because that's the homie. Uh, This is what we need. We need people to talk about rock music again and to talk about how exciting it is again. Um, And then one thing I would say to the rock community is check your fucking egos. Um, None of us are Van Halen. Um, And, you know, we got to stick together. We got to, we got to not, I did this and he did that. You did this. Show up, be honest, open up your heart, be there for your brothers and your sisters and be there creatively and be open-minded and understand that music is a gift and that it's a privilege that you can even use your fucking fingers. So, or, or your voice or whatever it is. It's a sacred, it's invisible, it's emotion, it's all of the feels of everything that keeps my heart beating, and it's why I wake up to breathe every day. I'm certainly not obsessed with um, the money part of it. It's I, I don't know what else I need in life. I make music with the people I love to make music with, and then I like to cook the food I like to eat. So right there, I'm happy. I go on my runs. I try to stay healthy because I'm battling, you know, a lot of um, personal mental issues you know, that, you know, I'm first talking about, you know, I've been making music for 20 years and I haven't released anything because I thought this whole business was fucked. And I ended up in a fucking mental institution because of it. And, you know, I spent seven days at Two North in Queens and it changed my life. And I came back and somehow I bounced back. And now I'm here with the fucking record label and all these artists and all this shit, except I'm not, owning these people, um, um, I'm not signing them. I'm not taking half of their earnings. I'm just bringing them in and working with them. If you work with me, you get your equal share of what you contribute and you go on your way. And that I think without the greed is opening up more collaborations and allowing me to connect with more artists. And to be honest with you, I'm getting a lot of, you know, uh, bands that I grew up loving coming to me because they can't create within their own band because there's so much hate after such a long time. And then you know they they want to come work and and they it's like a breath of fresh air after 20, 30 years, you know, coming in and being in a room with me. And I'm like, yeah, play what you want. Do be yourself. Explore. I never criticize my my the lyrics of the people that come in to work with me because I know off top they're gonna be fucking amazing because I'm picking them. And then it's like I I know when I know when to get my sounds and my groove, that's my part of the job. And then throwing the whole thing together, you know, I'm lucky. I have, you know, the people I have behind me, um, supporting me mentally because this is an insane life and it's completely, no one can understand it unless you're really in it. And you get criticized for a lot of bullshit, you know, um, you get called a ton of things, you know, you know, a player, a smooth, whatever the fuck, you know, my whole life, I'm just trying to make fucking music and I'm trying to make music with other people and I'm constantly trying to push the sounds and I'm not ever trying to segregate anything. That stuff doesn't register in my mind. I'm on a whole other wave and I just, I'm enjoying the pace I'm at right now and I'm very happy with these collaborations, but back to what you said, um, collaborating is tough, you know, because people have feelings and there has to be some control when you're running a label and you got to put your foot down some time, you know, and you got to choose the right art. You have to choose the right mix. You have to get rid of things and someone has to be the fucking boss and I guess I have to be that guy. So, you know, I'm doing the best that I can to make people happy, honestly.
0: I completely understand that, but I think personally that attitude will cause others who follow your lead to eventually pick up on those same skill sets where they'll be able to self-produce. They'll be able to say, no, not that. Yes, this, you know, it'll improve their skills. I always tell people 90% of it is showing up. 10% of it is just listening and absorbing. And that goes with any genre that goes with anything I've, dealt with musicians personally who seriously think their shit don't stink and Mm -hmm. I choose not to associate with people like that because I'd rather deal with people who are creative who provide constructive criticism who make me a better me and that's what I tell people to look out for would you say that you agree with that
2: a real ninja doesn't have to mention that he's a ninja you know
0: like no absolutely uh,
2: it's just you know, you got to be respectful. And I too, for a long time in my 20s, I was cocky as fuck because I could play guitar and, and all this shit. And I was like walking around. I thought I was real cool. I was rocking the 311 cruises. I had all the fucking vibes going. And then I started to really look at myself as I started to get 26, 27, 28, 29. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? I'm not making a million dollars. What the hell is happening with my life? I'm not a pop star. What what do I need to do to really readjust and to to you know, make things better. And it really became, I had to fix myself first. And then once I did that, you know, I was able to start working with other people. And then once that happened, shit started really just going.
0: And it was a chance meeting with DJ Lethal of House of Pain and Limp Biscuit, where you stopped becoming Jay Randy and you were reborn for lack of a better word as Tony Santana. So the question that is on my mind who the fuck is tony santana
2: i've had enough of everyone's fucking shit and i'm just gonna say it like it is i don't need fans i don't need followers and i don't need money let me tell you who tony santana is for the whole time jay randy was trying to be somebody first of all joe 3h he introduced me to dj lethal me and Lethal started working together. We became friends instantly, and we started fucking working every single day on songs and started bringing people in. He is one of the head co-cats of the mob. Um, and I was in the studio with him one day, and he just turned to me and he was like, "You know, he's like, you're like Tony Montana, except you know, you play guitar like Santana, so you're Tony Santana." Like, I did
0: not draw the comparisons. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: So he, goes, he goes, you're fucking Tony Santana. And I was like, I'm fucking Tony Santana. I was, I was just done with my past. I, I, I was so ashamed and not ashamed, but like, I just, I don't know. I had, I, I, had, I had a lot of trouble growing up, you know, with myself. And I feel really great. I, didn't, I don't feel like Jay Randy. I, I'm Tony Santana. You know, like, I, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I make music and I carry switchblades. You know what I mean? Like, it's a thing.
0: So don't worry, he didn't point it at me directly. We're on a Zoom I, call.
2: I, I don't, you know, like you could pull up, you're gonna have a problem. But it's like, I don't want a problem. I just wanna be left alone to make music. That's why I'm not making music videos. I'm not posting any more pictures of myself in my face so people can hate on me or leave weird comments or DM me and shit. The fuck is this? I'm just making music. Kay makes the art. We put the fucking song with the art and we put it out. That's it. And everybody who works with me, gets an equal cut of the song.
0: Kay is probably one of the hardest working people I know because she straight up gave me so much information towards you, towards what Mob Music Collective is all about.
2: She is uh, actually a partner Uh, of mine on the creative side at mob um she handles all the visuals uh but she's um she's one of the most impressive designers and creators i've ever seen in my life and there's a magic that she has that um is going really well with what i'm doing musically and it's working out nicely it's a real shitty shitty business and it doesn't have to be oh yeah it really does not have to be and like you said it starts with me kind of setting an example by being myself right and i am not perfect i fuck up a lot i punch walls i'm crazy like but i want to see someone else make 20 or 30 songs a week happen all over the world okay so yeah it's it's not fucking happening so i'm going crazy and i know i have to right now because i need to change what's going on and i know that it's going to set an example for other people to rise and also be these you know queens and kings of you know the planet you know
0: yeah essentially what you are musically is what this podcast is all about and that's disrupting the status quo and i feel as though we're at a point right now where we need disruptors where we need to bring it back to prominence and you know a track like abomination that's filled with toxic venom that i personally think is ready to purify the world of the bullshit that we're force fed on a daily basis, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your ass. Yeah. I mean, like it's very rare where I listen to a track, and it makes the hairs on my arm stand up.
2: Oh, so I went into my boy, Al- my boy Allen's place. I fucking recorded that song in three hours.
0: I meant really? to ask you, what was Allen's, uh, uh, what was his role in the song? Okay,
2: okay. so he recorded me, um, engineered. Uh, produced, we co produced it together, and then he sang on the hook. So that's, that's
0: his vocally uh, on, oh, wow. Yeah.
2: And then I'm on the verses just going crazy. So it's fun. And then I played bass guitars.
0: It's cool. So good to hear a guitar. So it just freaking got guts and balls. It's like,
2: and it's like, I had to play 20 years to put guitar back into music.
0: Uh, welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome, good sir. Welcome.
2: Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not claiming nothing. I'm not a king of nothing. I'm just saying, I'm putting guitars in music.
0: <laughs> you know that that's important. So. Um, I I want to ask you. Uh, Bad Fashion is that one of the groups that's on your label?
2: Uh, Bad. I'm fashion. sorry. Are
0: are they associated with Mob?
2: Uh, they're friends of Mob. Yeah, we're working on a song right now together. So eventually that'll come out, and then boom, they'll be a part of uh, you know, the Mob fam that's kind of how it works
0: because i really want to give them some love because they dropped a couple of like little samples of their stuff on their instagram page and i was digging it and one of the members was wearing the t-shirt of a band called death and i'm just like
1: yeah. anybody
0: who drops love for like to me the god to me they are the godfathers of punk because they were punk before punk was a thing
2: exactly connect with them. This is what I want. I want people to go onto my Instagram page and see friends like them and, 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 and break off and create these little, uh, meetings and hang. So definitely get them on the podcast, see what they're doing about.
0: I would be honored. Absolutely.
2: Reach out. Definitely. So that's a DM, you know, um, you know, again, that's the thing about the mob. It's, it's, it's like the blob.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, if any of the mob collective see this podcast and they like what we're dropping, oh, you I and I, I'd i like to welcome all of them at any time to be interviewed by me so that this way they have a platform, because as far as I'm concerned, I have a platform. They have an artistic output. It's there for them whenever they need it. Excellent. I
2: really appreciate that. We're going to need it. I'll put you in uh, contact with everybody via email, and I'll just kind of and You can kind of go off and uh, do your thing with everybody.
0: My music collective is your company, and you have a roster of talent spanning all genres and styles. And I guess being a fan of different styles of music, like you and I were growing up, it must have been important for you to find artists that, again, were outside that grain of what sells today. So, how was it that you even went through the process of finding all these dudes?
2: honestly um i gotta give love to uh my co-producers um and just from having my ear to the streets um you know it breaks down into sections and zones out here you know you have the valley you have the hood you know what i mean um been through them both for a long time um a lot of times you know you'll be in the studio working with somebody someone will walk in the room you catch a vibe I put on a song hey maybe we'll get together we'll work one day you know um but again you know like my co-producers like especially day one you know me and him really we went through a lot of people me day thomas everyone you know Stu brooks um lethal i hope i'm not forgetting anyone um my boy Nels, um just everybody, like, I have an incredible team and everyone's always working with the best. And I, I don't know, I just, I find what I like and it just keeps getting better, like the people around me. So it's really nice.
0: That is amazing. Now, you have a very big presence on Instagram with both Tony Santana Official and Mob Music Collective. However, I don't think I could find you anywhere else. Is there a reason why it's been Instagram specific? Yeah,
2: I, I just, uh, it's too many things. Like, I'm signing into too many things.
1: There's <laughs> <Just> too many
2: <laughs> things. It's just too many things. I'm signing into a website, a Facebook fan page. Click this, like this. Fuck that. Everyone's on Instagram all day. TikTok for the kids. Have a great time.
0: Uh, started I started a TikTok page. I don't know how the fuck to use cool. the thing
2: I'm not hating on TikTok. It's just I make real fucking music. Okay. You do, so yeah. I do. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that's about. So I ain't making a dance anytime soon.
0: That's what I'm saying. All I see on TikTok is people shaking ass in front of the camera. It's like what the fuck,
2: bro? These fuck that shit. I'm not hating on it. It's fun I, for them because, like, it's fun for for kids. Like. TikTok's fun for people and they enjoy it. So I can't hate on that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to
0: anyone's
2: enjoyment ever. For me personally, it doesn't work. I'm not on TikTok. I don't have a website. I'm not really trying to sell anything. I'm making music. I'm putting it on the platforms. I'm making it available for people to have the option to listen to. I really don't want to drive myself down people's face. I don't want to be hated on for the way I look, which was a thing for a long time. I don't want to be talked about like, oh, look at him playing his fucking guitar and this shit. I don't want to be in music videos right now at this time. I don't want to be taking a thousand pictures of myself and posting them with really cool captions. I'm just sticking to strictly releases. And I want to make sure that the artwork is really banging, which already is because she's fucking killing it. And then I go in and I make the records with my team and all of my, most of my records. Oh, I'm leaving out one of my biggest co-collab Uh, people, uh, my partner, very close partner, media partner, Andrea Rulo, who's in Italy. My, my entire mix and master and base, uh, and, and, uh, team is out in Italy. So, uh, we, uh, you know, do things, everything gets done in Italy. So from, from New York to LA, everything is done and then shipped to Italy and then shipped back to the States. And that's the fucking mob. So. that's what's up yeah it's really cool hey man they're gonna find out you know
0: i hope they do and as a musician for me it personally means the world to me that you're letting the music speak for itself too many people try to put too much pizzazz behind it try to put too much flash too much glitz and glamour it's like listen half the time's when I'm listening to the CD, I don't give a fuck what the artist looks like. Okay. If it sounds ugly and awesome, then leave the imagery to me. You know, you don't have to portray the image for me. You know, I, that's to me, that's how I've always approached getting, the listening experience. You
2: know, that's why I see, <clears throat> I know we're having a tough time and we're, you know, in a plague and we're, and we're, it's, it's just, dreadful but at the same time all of these groups are starting to pop up that are really making fucking waves you know what I mean and like conversations are changing and people are more open and accepting to certain things that weren't accepted and I think that that's somewhat of a progress And you know, I'd what? agree with that I know for a fact because I've fucking had conversations with Vikings and I've had to go to battle in arenas in front of people and win and that's a fucking fact check my fucking resume. But it's like, I think that if we, you know, we the conversation's hard at first. It's gonna be a fight, because there's no understanding. I think it's fucking crazy that the entire world is trying to coexist. We have religion and we have land. And then like, none of them agree on each other.
0: Throw politics into there and you have oh, a full on battle.
2: And it's a fucking nightmare. Hell yeah. That person believes in goats and that person believes in turtles. And then fucking, this is my house. No, that's your house. That's what, like, you know, like shout to the Indians, but who the fuck were there before the Indians? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know shit.
0: (laughs) You know, like, five billion years we're on this earth. We don't know jack shit. I'm
2: saying, like, what the fuck? I'm like, where are these dinosaurs at? You know, like,
0: Wait a minute. We're not trying to debunk conspiracy theories. <laughs> we're talking music, man. Bring oh, it back.
2: on the Are on the moon? On the moon? No,
0: hey, if Sting and the police said, we're walking on the moon, we're walking on the moon. It's all you good with me. That,
2: <laughs> that fucking happens, that happens.
0: To purchase any material of Mob Music Collective, where can listeners go?
2: Okay, so Apple Music's been really great and helpful you know, putting us on on pop and playlists and everything alongside Black Sabbath and the Foo Fighters and all the top mega bands. So you could get it on iTunes and you can listen to it on Spotify and then it's available on literally all the DSPs from uh, Tidal to Deezer to um, everything. Like there's over a hundred platforms you could get it from in two hundred and forty six countries.
0: So I put, I put abomination on every metal playlist of mine. So yeah, I'm uh, happy to say that I contribute to the streams of that.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Again, my numbers are usually off, but not when I'm going to the bank. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but fucking, I love meeting people, but collaborating has been crazy and it's pushed me more to making more of my own stuff now. So I'm, I'm making a lot of Tony Santana stuff so expect
0: some releases. Well, I will say this. I know I knew you when you were Jay Randy. I'm proud to know you as Tony Santana. You were always one of the most straight up, most respectable, most reputable people and you saying what you said when you know when you were in your 20s you thought you knew everything. We all did when we were in our 20s. When I was in my 20s I thought I knew everything, but now I can look back and say I knew jack shit then. At 40 years old myself, I can say I know jack shit now. But you know, I'm you're always set, open to learn. Give
2: yourself a little more credit. You're setting a tone here. You're putting this shit back on the map. I'm here to help in any way that you need. I'm here to connect in any way that you need. We need to get a couple people on here, like lethal and stuff, start building this out, talking about some other stuff. There's a whole world I'm developing out here in California. And, you know, so, and thanks for the kind words. I appreciate that. I've been trying to be, you know, a stand-up guy. And I know that like growing up on Long Island, everyone was afraid to be in a band with me. I know that and, I, and I'm sorry and I apologize to anyone I may have offended over the years or anyone I scared or anyone I may have fucking hurt or done some crazy shit to. I was going through some crazy shit. I didn't know what was happening at the time and I was trying to figure myself out and all this electricity that's going on inside of this body. So,
0: But that's what it's all about, man. It's all about growth. And I mean, look how far you come right now, You know, it's, it's amazing. For me, being that you are one of my oldest friends, I'm incredibly happy to say on this platform here, I'm well, fucking proud of you and I love you. We have
2: family. We have family gatherings together, you and I. So it's a different relationship, you know. You're this isn't a random conversation. We we've, you know, uh, I've watched you know the beautiful birth of your daughter, and I've I've been there with you with our, our family members and the Plockins and everybody, and it's been nothing but beautiful memories along the way and
0: uh, more absolutely thank you and i'm only looking forward to more and i'm only looking forward to see mob music elected take over the fucking world but seriously
2: (laughs) i don't want to take over the world i just want to bring i want to make it fun again you know it should be i just want shit to be fun like we should be fucking smiling right now like there's so much to smile about we made so much project progress as a society and as a race there's so much good that's happening and we never talk about it. The news networks, all this shit. We need to talk about what we need to eat, how we need to speak to each other, kindness. We need to teach that early with children. Like I shouldn't be like, th- th- we need to redo the textbooks, the curriculums. Like the laziness is, is what's killing us. because Oh yeah. No one's, you know, everyone's fucking Amazon Prime. We need to get our vibes back as, as, as a people, you know? and And...
0: That's why, that's pretty much why I'm on a crusade to keep physical media alive, just to keep, you know, the art form alive, because if it dies, what do we have, you know, like, I mean, I, I've I've been making it a point to make sure that I'm finding stuff that's out of print, because I can't find it on any SPs. And I'm afraid that one of these days, it's not going to be around, it's not going to be around anymore. And, you know, how are we going to be able to enjoy that?
2: That's where I get everything. Antique stores. I find the rarest cuts at antique stores, even better than vinyl stores.
0: To tie back to what you were saying before about how we've grown as a society, we are smarter than we were before. That could really entail uh, back to people in, in the music industry or people who want to get into music full-time as a career. You know, we, we know more about self-publishing, about copywriting, about releasing and everything, and you're doing it. Mm. And it, took you that journey to get from there to here, you know, so that's nothing to scoff at
1: mm.
2: well I appreciate that I, I think you know the way that it's set up now is basically the the music industry is set for somebody in their bedroom to make it, and that's a- a good thing and also a bad thing um. Uh, you know, the value had to come back into the songwriting, I think, you know, again, riffs, developed melodies, vocal lines, just can't be slammed trash, you know?
0: I agree. Like, take an album like the Bad Brains' first album. Sounds like shit, but the songs kill.
2: That's and you- what I, same thing with Social D, like the first record, you know? Oh, it was- sounds
0: like crap, but the songs are great i'm saying it was like i was like damn i was like when i heard my fucking nest
2: going i was like oh my this guy sounds like god what the fuck's going on i was like oh my god i was like is that speaker bleeding into the fucking drum mic and the fuck that i don't know what's going on you know what i mean it was just all raw real turn on and go that's kind of you know that's the strokes did that you know um you know with Raphael, I think he produced that. where he, he went in, he pressed record, and they just started playing, you know, and it was just them playing to tape. And it was like a while since someone did that, you know. Um, and there was like a little resurgence of that stuff, the hives and the strokes and all the vines and all that shit for a little bit. But now it's back to the end of the world. And you have to be the toughest hardest motherfucker of all time. And you know when it comes down to it I, I am like i'm about that life you know what i mean so oh
0: yeah well there's still sharks out there that are gonna try to eat at dudes that are like i'll cut working hard. In the Yeah,
2: i love burn it burn them fuck them they don't even stand a chance bro they don't have to fuck with a guy like me
0: so now we're gonna get into the fun aspects of the musical side podcast which i call the lightning <laughs> round of questions
2: <laughs> i always wanted to do one of these all right (laughs) let's go
0: i you mentioned it before but say it again your most influential guitarist
2: tony iommi hands down
0: most influential rapper for you biggie most influential singer for you
2: (sighs) oh yeah elvis
0: most influential producer
2: Okay, that's a tough question, because I know producers that don't touch anything, and I know producers that touch everything, and there's a fine line between that shit. Um, I'd say that I don't have a favorite producer. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I don't have one. I don't really have one. I've been doing my own thing. I, I never did cover songs. I don't know what
0: the fuck. You no. could say you. It's okay.
2: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, fuck, fuck, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Whoever did all those metal albums, shout to those guys.
0: We'll say Terry Date, the guy who did all the Pantera albums.
2: There we go. Let's put him on the board. That guy is a fucking... Um, amazing human being. That Absolutely,
0: thank you, Terry. And
2: those guys had to had to wheel in. Let me tell you something again, Pan in the fucking studio to record. I'm sure that was quite the fucking job. Okay.
0: I'm sure it was quite cloudy in there. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, Jack Daniels flying all over the symbols.
0: Nah, Crown Royal, not Jack, Jack Daniels.
2: Royal. Oh god, I'm not trying to disrespect Texas.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Nope. All right, most influential songwriter.
2: Wow, these are like, I don't really give a fuck about these guys, you know? Um, I've never been like, wow, this person's an amazing songwriter. Lyricist, is that the same thing?
0: Whoever's music or words struck okay. the struck the most for you.
2: Okay, I'd have to say Ozzy and then we parried a geezer butler, right?
0: Yeah, although Although Geezer wrote the Go lyrics, Ozzy more. did the melodies.
2: Right. Who did, who, who wrote all the lyrics, Geezer? No, no, right? no,
0: Geezer wrote the, melodies, or wrote the lyrics on Ozzy's melodies. Ozzy knew how to make melodies and, and Geezer was able to write my, lyrics to them. And
2: Geezer's my favorite lyricist of all time. Him, Biggie, those are my favorite. pen. like that's the hardest shit. I love the hardest shit. That's it, I don't know why.
0: Guitar you want to own the most.
2: Already got him. <laughs>
0: And what would that be?
2: ESPKH2. Kirk Hammett, straight from his fucking 2002 tour. Um, it's a fucking beautiful guitar with EMG pickups. I love playing it.
0: It's a beast. Two parter concert you would love to take part in and the venue you most want to perform at.
2: Okay. <clears throat> well, let's see. I guess like it would be mob fest. I like it. Somewhere dope like Germany. <laughs> you know, like...
0: I got visions of Rammstein in my head now.
2: That's what I'm saying, you know? Everyone says hey, Ramstein, but there's a band dance that K put me onto that's fucking pretty lit, by this guy. Out
0: I just see the stadium on fire right now, so that's gonna be great.
2: Bro, flames, zip lines. Remember when Michael Jackson floated out of with the pack? I need one of those. <laughs> I saw Sub-Zero last night. I'm going to need that suit. Flames out of the machine gun guitar.
0: I really got to see this Mortal Kombat film.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Favorite condiment to put on your food?
2: Oh, I use olive oil a lot.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. Last question. Mm-hmm. Favorite Sabbath album
2: okay can't answer that nope not gonna do it
0: oh come there's no wrong answer oh
2: nope. there's tons i'll kill myself over this question Watching.
0: well ex- we'll accept any of them
2: i can't i i i got i gotta be honest with you i really can't and i'll explain why okay fine their first album I mean, because it set the tone and it created fucking an entire genre. Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, and when they were done, they were like, is it done? We don't even know if it's done. And Ozzy was like, i will just sing any old shit on it. And like, I just can't believe they invented the fucking genre with it in 11 hours. That blows my mind. There's nothing that touches that. That to me, and like all due respect to the Beatles and the songwriting and all that stuff. Um... Black Sabbath to me sits at number one and like he, ahead of the Beatles. Sorry, Paul.
0: <laughs> a lot of us would agree with you. And We love the Beatles, but yeah, it's just- Yeah, I
2: love the Beatles, the songwriting, I get it. It's fucking incredible. It's amazing, but there are other bands besides the fucking Beatles, I'm sorry. And Black Sabbath to me, fucking rocks. I thought if you, if you spun me upside down and hung me from a building it was like, you could see the Beatles or Sabbath tonight, who do you wanna go see?
0: No Sabbath.
2: Question. I'm going to fucking Sabbath.
0: And I've seen Sabbath three times with Ozzy, three times with Dio, and I would gladly see them again. I had a hard time wanting to go see the last time that they came to New York because for me, the sum of the parts is equally important. So I needed Bill Ward there and I couldn't go see them without him.
2: That's the same thing with New Order. You know what I mean? When 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 homie's not playing bass, I'm just like, what the fuck, you know? Peter Hook is fucking New Peter Order. Peter
0: Hook's not in New Order
2: anymore, bro. Like they had some New Order shows recently, and you, no, no, he, he's Peter Hook in the, he's got his own band or something. They were gonna, he's got a band Hook in the Lights or something.
0: How do and you that- have New Order without Peter Hook? His bass lines were integral to that Enjoy Division.
2: That's what I'm saying. So, well, it, they I, I could be wrong, but I saw a couple of, like, Bills and, and shows, like, in the past, and he wasn't there. And and that pissed me off, because, like, how the fuck is that even a thing?
0: I don't even know what to say to that, but it is what it is. I
2: really hope I'm not wrong on this fucking uh, history shit right now. <laughs>
0: No, I mean you've definitely proven that you are well educated, well versed, and you know your shit. And I couldn't be happier because I'm tired of dealing with musicians who don't know jack shit. Um, so, nah, gotta know where can the people find you?
2: Okay, you could just go to my Instagram right now, which is Instagram Tony Santana Official, and all the links that you need to find are right there. You don't have to be a genius to click on the bio. And then it'll direct you right to the mob page. And from there, you'll go to the Spotify page, listen to the music. If you want to buy the songs, you have the option of then going to the iTunes page and purchasing it there. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. I love you guys. I'm making this so that you could have something to fight for again in life and not feel like you're dying. Um, And I want to inspire a whole new generation of guitar players and musicians and artists.
0: And lastly, is there anybody that you'd like to give a shout out to?
2: Yeah, my mom and dad.
0: Tony Santana, Mob Music Collective. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the Music is Live podcast. It really means a lot to me that you're calling me from the West Coast right now, and I'm here on the East Coast. And it's practically morning for you, and you jumped on this call with me. I can't thank you enough for this opportunity to speak with you, and it was a blast for me. And... Just hearing about your journey from start to where we are right now, I think it's truly inspirational. And I hope people who see this really take the time to say, hey, you know what? This guy's gonna speak for me. I wanna be on his team. So I'm hoping that from this, Mob Music Collective grows to be the juggernaut that I feel it's destined to become
2: really appreciate that. You've been nothing but a gentleman in the class act. I've had this conversation with my family about what a gentleman you are and what a great father and husband you are to Aaron. And we really, really care about you. And I really, really wanted to do this with you so that you could, you know, so that we could share it together and look back on this and remember this time of the beginning, because it's fucking going off because there's no one else in this motherfucker that could do this shit. Trust me. And I know what I'm doing, and it's my job. It's like a job. It's like being a plumber. You know, I go in and I fucking unclog the drain. I deal with shit all day. So, you know, I'm fucking doing my best to try to stay sane in the process and have somewhat of a personal life while being someone that everyone really needs right now,
0: to be honest. Well, the music industry definitely needs you. So I wish you all the best. And please, if any of the artists want to be on the show they are more than welcome they could just message me you could give them my email address gonna, and i'd love to have them
2: like 40 names in a thing and be like guys check in <laughs> see if it happens like that
0: awesome i'd be happy to talk to all of them cool. tony thank you so much
2: my pleasure be well and i'll talk soon
0: awesome thanks for tuning in to the music is live podcast once again i'm your host lou mavs check out ratstylereview.com so you can look at the other podcasts. You can check out Beyond Bushido, the pro wrestling podcast on there. You can check out Suck My Balls, the South Park podcast on there. Soon we're going to have, yeah, that's the name of it. (laughs) Soon we're going to have Green Mango's World, where Bob Mango is going to come on and do his podcast, where he gets to talk about all things that are cult, classic culture, and it's going to be great. Also, again, his name is Green Mango, so you know what he's going to be talking about. Also want to give some love to Wayne and Greg, Over at the other podcast that I'm a part of, Rat Style Review, where we do album versus album, where we do, we, you know, we talk about discographies of records. We have our show Screams of the Grave, where we talk about metal albums that time has forgotten. Just had the recent episode posted yesterday where we talked about Iron Maiden somewhere in time. And it's a shame that that's a complete, uh, Tony, I see you're an Iron Maiden fan too
2: dude how could you not i mean who's getting tones with a strat like that you know i, what I mean? know <laughs> oh, Bob, bro those guys are wizards
0: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so once again please don't forget to check out ratside review.com for all those shows and check out my site when you have a chance music is live podcast.com there you can find links for the youtube page you can find links to the audio format Please subscribe, like, and comment. If you're a new artist and you want me to hear your stuff, I will definitely do a first-time review on the YouTube channel. If you're willing to donate to my PayPal, it's at gmail.com. And I will catch you on the next episode. Remember, Tony Santana, Abomination, Mop Music Collective. Don't forget it.
2: We will see you soon, everyone. Take care. Be safe. Treat each other. Respect. Love. But have some fun, too. You can fuck some shit up. It's cool.
0: All in all, it's the same thing. Have a good night, everyone.
2: Take care. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to the Music Aside podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm and Review. Check out the other shows on Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion, The Vieira Vault, The Timo Toki Podcast, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, and The Friday Night Party with the Great Harry Barnett and Evie. Graphics by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find them on Twitter at R O C K Y B A I A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by the Rebel medium written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Laug, and Lou maps If you'd like to donate to the channel, please donate to our PayPal at music at gmail.com. If you're in a band and you want us to review your music, then contact us at Lou maps at Music is Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle. With much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, check out www.musicislivepodcast.com, And don't forget to check out www.ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.